Welcome to the Profiling Criminal Minds Coronavirus Check-In. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And, uh, you know, when this whole coronavirus thing started, 14 months ago, uh, do you know what never occurred to me? What? In a million years? That I, a human being living in Canada, Canada, would be in quarantine while frigging half of America has the vaccine and is trying to go back to their normal lives. That didn't see that one coming. My entire province, our entire province, you're here too, although you're much safer where you are. Yeah. Uh, much, much safer where you are. Right? Uh, my entire province is, uh, is on lockdown for another Until three weeks. They... For another yeah, three they... weeks at the earliest. Yes, they just added another uh, two weeks to it. Yep, June 2nd. However, we had two unknown cases yesterday. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, yeah. Not And not I had good. the, um, <laughs> I had the fun of, and this is true, so I, I got the first dose of the vaccine, which was nice. I'm very happy to have gotten the vaccine. I mean, uh, I wasn't thinking it was nice the next day when I essentially had one of the worst flus I've had in years. But that lasted one day, whereas a flu would, like that would take me down for a week normally. And then I was basically fine, just kind of tired for another two. And my arm's still sore, though, but I always react. Uh, I always have a sore arm for multiple days after uh, muscle injections. Just weird that way. Uh, but the important part, though, is literally. So <laughs> I go to my clinic. I get the thing on Monday. On Tuesday, I get an email that says... We're not giving out the vaccine you got anymore. So if you have a second appointment, it's provisional, like provisionally set aside. It's canceled until we figure out what vaccine we're going to use next. It's just like, hi, waves hand. You were the last person we gave a vaccine we're not allowed to give anymore to. Everybody that got it that day. Well, who knows what's going to happen, though, you know? Um, oh. that's the state right now. I got, you got AstraZeneca. And that's, you know, the one they're scared about the blood cops. I get it. Yeah. And I got Pfizer. Right. And anybody who got it, like we have what used to be their memorial gardens. Yeah. But it's, you know, the hockey rink and the, the curling. The hockey and, rink. Yeah. The, the, the great big center of town arena where everyone goes to games. Yeah. And so that's where they give out the, um. The vaccines do the mass now, vaccinations. Yeah, but people who are getting them in other places, they're getting the AstraZeneca. Like my sister oh, got the AstraZeneca. Okay. She she just slept the whole next day. She said every time she tried to get up to do anything, she had to go back to bed and sleep. <laughs> That's how I was on uh, Thursday. Sorry, no, on Wednesday. Uh, yeah. Okay. Tuesday, I was real sick. Uh, Wednesday, I just like, no, I'm just staying in bed all day. I'm glad yeah. she got to skip the sick day and go mm -hmm. straight to the tired day. And um, whereas me, I didn't even like, I think, I think I was a little achy the next day, but it's hard to tell right. with the weather and everything else, but I didn't even have a sore arm. Um, everybody at the GFL gets asked Pfizer and everybody else seems to would still be getting Astra. So, I mean, they're using up whatever they've got particularly yeah. in Ontario. Um, they have 7,000 more appointments in the Sioux to fulfill. 
because my other sister is getting hers on the 22nd of May. I got mine. So I'll be a week ago yesterday. Okay. You know, so I'll be another week before they consider I have a high antiviral or a viral load or whatever they call it. Capable of protecting. Right. Capable of protecting me. But they're now saying, you know, that you can go three months. So you you should be happy to know you can go about three months before you get the booster shot. Well, that's good. Yeah, so I can, Which I can then, wait until August. That's fine. Yeah, and then it'll push you up that much further. I They may even suggest that, well, the Pfizer is a booster shot. I'll get an email yeah. when, they, when they're ready. Okay, apparently. Well, that's good. I'm, so, I'm a little less worried now. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's... um. You know, so th- there, there we go. We've all got our shots. Um, Feels but, good. But the province is staying because we're still at two thousand. What they, the idea is to take the pressure off the hospitals. I get it. No, no, I, I'm not questioning them doing this. It just feels weird that Canadians couldn't get their act together. Well, it's because we weren't creating. Uh, we don't have any place to create the vaccine. Yeah, in Canada, these massive labs to develop our vaccine that that we could change over. Yeah, you know, they yeah these massive labs to mass produce them. Yeah, we just don't. They say it started with Brian Mulroney and continued on. Yeah, no, I mean that's the side. I thought it was Harper that did that one. Oh no, Um, this all goes back to NAFTA. We just started buying all of our drugs from like uh, not all of them, but it's like. We bought, started buying our drugs from Mexico and America, and because they had these giant labs that could cook up whatever we needed. And now, and here's the crazy part: we're getting a lot, a ton of them from China. Yeah, well, we've been getting we've been getting the flu vaccines from China for quite a while now. Oh yeah, and you know it's great. Uh, we save a lot of money by doing that, but in an emergency, it's turns out it's a really good idea to have your own production facilities. No kidding. You would have guessed, right? Well, I, I think you could have figured this. I suspect that that is something that after SARS, there was a whole thing. And yeah. nobody did. That was the problem. You had SARS, yeah. and they that was one of the suggestions that was made. There was other things, and nobody did anything about it. And that one we can blame Stephen Harper for. Yeah, and um, that one we can hang around hmm. Harper's neck. Not you know, everything. and then when the, the liberals finally came in, it was only, what, four years ago, three years ago. Yeah. You know, they too, it was not a high priority until all of a sudden it was. Yeah, and that's the problem. You can't, with yeah. a thing like this, you can't wait until it's a high priority. Yeah, well, that was that was the problem in the United States initially, but the United States has all sorts of yeah. money and everything else. And, of course, uh, the only thing... <laughs> And they have a different sort of system, so it it is so complicated that we are having this problem. Well, they're finally this time they're giving out. I guess the last time they had the right to give out tickets to people who were not wearing masks and who were meeting and who were partying. Yeah. And all of a sudden this time they decided that they were just going to start enforcing it. Wow. I don't think they gave out a lot of those tickets, but I mean, yeah. it's 750 bucks. Damn. And if you organize something or it's you organize worse. a party, 
ten thousand dollar ten thousand dollar fine okay well that might be enough to scare some people straight yeah you know and just say look enough already if you've got your vaccines they're talking about easily about we're not going as far and i'm not sure in the united states because you know we say the united states is coming out of it and people are getting vaccinated but there are some states that are still holding and some cities that say no i don't care what the cdc says you guys still got to wear masks yeah and the same thing with the big companies like uh home depot and walmart and yep. the rest of it they're saying okay you can come in without masks if they're in areas that have low rates Density. but yeah. you know so some places they will and some places they won't and okay. you know so it's it's not clear except that yeah they've given our percentage of vaccines i think to the population now mind you we have a highly isolated population yes like we didn't get vaccines up here like we mm -hmm. all of a sudden have gotten vaccines but for the longest time there just weren't any vaccines in Sault Ste. Marie to give that was the problem yeah um and you know but then again we have like we had three yesterday now mind you two are unknown but who knows as somebody always says, yeah, they know. They just don't want to tell anybody where they got it. <laughs> um, you know, that that's usually the line from, you know, the the skeptics is, yeah, that yeah, works. yeah. That they've had contact. They've had people. Yeah. And, that, and that's what they're keeping it quiet. Because they yeah, know what they did wrong. Yeah. yeah. Like you went to the no mask rally down in Bellevue Park. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not going to admit that one. Yeah, who would, right? Yeah. You know, oh, so no. the idea of a no mask rally. Oh my god, these Oh, people. yeah. You know, and even if it was only 100 people, all it takes is one of those people to have had contact with yeah, the virus and and then boom, 100 people have it because it spreads so easily. Yeah. And uh, we do have the variants of concern up here. Yeah. But, you know, and they're moving people around and it it really boggles my mind the things that people you know complain about you know and it's even but it's even the the parties the opposition parties yeah mind you i think the the, the provincial liberals are just 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 towing sorry towing the federal line oh yeah um the sometimes the uh ndp well it's 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 it doesn't do any good except to push and push and push to get the vaccines out right now um but i do think you know that this business of we've had nursing home the nursing homes report and uh, mm -hmm. these stupid companies wasn't our fault I know. what do you mean there's no proof well we have didn't have because it goes beyond the vaccine just the the Defense Department sent in all sorts of volunteers. Uh, okay. Well, volunteers, military reservists and the rest yeah. of it, right? So they sent them in to the nursing homes in Quebec and in Ontario to help because right. they didn't they have enough so staff. Yeah. And some of them got, got COVID, but they did a report stating what they found when they got there, right? Oh, no. And then these private nursing homes are all going... No, 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 no. We haven't had anybody die from abuse or we haven't had anybody die from dehydration. 
and all of these sorts of things, right? Yeah, well, you're the guys that are writing the The death certificates, right? Yeah. (laughs) And the reports. So you're going to trust those things? I don't think so. Oh, Um, damn. There's a a lot of things that are going to come out when it finally, when the, as they say, when this is kind of over. Yeah, when we start having a truth and reconciliation. Oh, yeah. It's going to look bad for a lot of people. Yeah, there are a lot. And I think there's going to be a rethinking of this private, the 3P. Yeah, public partnerships. Yeah. Private partnerships. You know, Uh, because they don't do a great job. No, they don't do a great job of the things that are necessary, like health. Like like I always say, have all the free market you want in anything that doesn't matter. You know? And anything that doesn't matter, sure, go have your free market. Healthcare? No. We can't have people looking for profit in healthcare. No, and you can't have people looking for profit in jails. No. Oh my god. Yeah, and by the way... And the military. The military is particularly insane. Prison is, the I think, the worst place to look for profit because by by allowing people to profit from prison you have created a financial incentive to have more people thrown in prison yeah well are guess you what insane yeah are you insane what's really funny right is that this this private prison things apparently yeah. is in new zealand as well but we'll get what? to that in a little bit yeah oh no. um yeah there was a one of one of the the show that I'll recommend this week dealt with that okay. had a had a case taken in that um, but oh, anyway wow. that's when I went oh so they've got private private prisons as well eh um, so it that's is um, and well and it's just that what they're doing is it's always just what we called offloading yep. It was offloading. We can thank Paul Martin for offloading a bunch of stuff to the provinces, who then mm-hmm. offloaded it to the municipalities. To cor- yeah, and, and some sold and it sold to corporations. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you you can buy this. Yeah, <laughs> we'll sell it to you cheap. It doesn't matter that that you know we paid billions of dollars for it. You can buy it for a couple a of few hundred million. million. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's you know. what happened to our energy generation generating system in Ontario. You know, the province owned it, and then they turned it into a private corporation, and the service got worse and cost more money. Yep. Because guess and that's what? Ex- if you have to extract 30% of your budget every year in profit, you're going to do a worse job at the thing you were doing. Yeah. That's just... I mean, Hydro... How could you ter- not? Yeah, no, Hydro yeah. 1 is, a di- is terrible. Is a disaster. Absolutely. I mean, at least, as I say in the Sioux, we have our own our own system here. Yeah. Which You're is lucky. not private. You were very lucky at that. Oh, you know. Um, no, it's a real, real mess. Uh, it is it, uh, just disgusting. But yes. Uh, so yeah, the plague gradually getting better. Uh, gradually getting better. So that that's yeah. fun. Uh, yeah, except in places like India, and God only knows what's going to happen in Africa. But oh, I'm worried. Well, it's just it's so frustrating because I actively find it hard to discover what's going on in Africa with the plague. There are so few English language reliable news sources doing stories about Africa. 
Well, th- th- some of the things that, that you get too. I mean, they are worrying after all, there were places where they didn't believe the plague was going to hit anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, you know, if you believe enough that the plague isn't going to get you. Yeah, if you just believe hard enough, you'll be fine. That's that's the way I've always lived. Yeah, uh, whereas in St. Marie, you know, anybody who believes hard enough can say that it's because they believed hard enough, but I would say it's because we're so isolated. Yeah. Now, it reminds know? me of, uh, there's this wonderful movie about a plague called The Black Death. Uh, which is, <laughs> oh, I, know, I, know. I love that. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really good movie. Uh, real depressing. I'm not saying you have to watch it, but there's this whole mystery of there's this town in the middle of nowhere where nobody's sick. And they're like, oh my god, did witches do it? Did you know? It's like, I what what could have saved these people? And of course, you know, the church wants to investigate because the church are scumbags, and they hear it might be witches protecting people from the plague. But the fact is, it's a village out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. If no one, and and this is just, um, and the, the the thing about the movie is, because these people don't understand viral transmission, they no one can wrap their head around the idea that because it's a village in the middle of nowhere, because no one with, uh, you know, no one with the Black Plague could walk that far, no one, for the most part, has been exposed to it, so no one has it. It's just as simple yeah. as that. And it's one of those things, these wonderful movies looking back at the past and showing how to us, what seems completely normal to them was ridiculous science fiction, or in their case, magic. It's like well, no. and 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 of course, in the United States and in Canada and all over the world, you have these bunch of stupid people who do still believe in magic. Well, yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> or oleander, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, the oleander thing. Oof. Well, you know, there's um, it's it is it's fascinating to watch at one level i mean that's so of course now we're getting other problems though i mean that's that's our COVID part of it right because it's yes we're we're forced into full lockdown for another three weeks so So expect to hear more from us as we go stir crazy gradually well it's it's you know it's getting to the point where you just and the weather is nice and you want to get out more. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, lockdown, please be over before my beach opens. I have a beach two blocks away from where I live. And I'm desperate to get back to that beach. Yeah, well, I, uh, I'm i um, walking, you know. But <laughs> it's just like like most of, like some of, I shouldn't say most, a number of my neighbors have had their vaccine as well already. They got them in, you know, faster than I did, like my sister did. But. Um, I got, never mind. I got, I got mine. And in another week, I'll feel even more comfortable. And, um, you know, so it's, it's nice. It's nice that in, you know, my neighborhood, you know, people, because a lot of us are in that 60 plus age group. Right. So, um, we get, we're there all and Fridays and Saturdays, the GFL parking lot is packed. So right, okay. getting everybody's getting their vaccine. And it was very efficient. I I can't say that. I don't know if it is in every place, but here it was you have the odd person. Every there's always gotta be somebody who's gotta complain. And I'm going, Well, yeah. yeah, you know. Um, for me it was just they had a line for people at two ten and we were there at two ten. 
there was then the next line was people who were at 215. There you go. Right? And there was another line. There were about four separate lines, right? For for people. That's a to great go in. system. And it worked it worked perfectly. Do you have do you have an appointment? Yes. What time? 210. Go into that. Go over to that person who will tell you which line to get into. You know, it was it was just one person to one person. We had to go to the register and this one, and then we registered as we were going out to make sure that we definitely were feeling fine. Of course. And you got your little sticker that said you'd had your your first shot, and that was it. It was it worked. Yeah, and I mean it worked. It was smooth. I think for most people, it's been very, very smooth. Yeah, um, that's my once experience. you get once you get your appointment, <laughs> the hard part was getting the appointment. Yeah, no problem there, and it was the same as it was with the flu. And as, as I told you at the time, it was so bizarre because I went to station eleven, one eleven, seating one eleven, but station one eleven for my flu vaccine last fall and lo and behold didn't i get sent to 111 as well i'm going my lucky station that's a hell of a coincidence Where i know go? yeah so i think i'll have to start sitting when i go to hockey games or something in <laughs> section 111 right probably yeah sounds good maybe yeah. that's my lucky number 111 from now on i think it is Mm-hmm. All right, so um, there is some really tragic news this week, though. Oh. And we just wanted to talk about it a little, uh, which is, yes, Israel has started a horrific bombing campaign against Palestine. Well, all I can say is so much for um, uh, Jared Kushner's Brilliant peace in the Middle, Middle East, East and I know policy. Seriously, and I love that his least with policy is like, if a bunch of corporations would just invest money in Palestine and Israel, then everybody making so much money, they wouldn't shoot bombs at each other. And I'm like, yes, that's true. How are you going to get those people to invest, though? That's, in Palestine. We all yeah. know that. We all know that if money starts flooding into Palestine and the people aren't poor and the people can afford to live places, uh, that would be great. Where's and that Israel would... Stop annexing more yes. and more territory. I know. Um, I used to joke I, that, like, I mean, I, I used to joke that we could just all solve this if we just gave uh, the Israelis Manitoba and let them make that the new Holy Land. Because it's not like we're doing anything with it. It's Manitoba. You know, but now, like, um, it's becoming serious that, like, Israel needs to back off with this ridiculous settlement. Like with this uh, quote-unquote settling, which is, of course, actually annexing and colonizing. Yeah. They call it settling because that sounds nice. Because settlers go to a place where no one lives and quote-unquote settle or civilize it. That ain't what happen- what's happening here. People no. are stealing people's houses. And land. And, and their land. And their place they and- farm. And the place they work. And their and- businesses. Oh, and they have these insane border crossing anyway i mean and if you've been there yeah it's you know the settlement areas you shouldn't be i don't care about your right of return anymore no you have got this the world is now uh 50 60 years away yeah um you need to get to the point of solving this problem 
in a reasonable fashion. I mean, I don't think it will ever be solved, but if you get pressure from some of these other Arab countries, but the pressure has to be on Israel and it's the Americans. The pressure has to be on Israel and America has to stop because backing America and well, because Israel is going to wipe walk all over it. Well, of course. I mean, Palestine and, and, doesn't have an army. <laughs> no, they have a Hamas shooting have rockets. Hamas. I know, and I mean, but yeah, they have Hamas shooting rockets, and that's you know, uh, I it does suck in Israel to have rockets shot at you, but that sure as hell isn't an air force flying over your city dropping bombs on you, and that's what Israel is doing to Palestine. I mean, I. You know me. I think all bombing is a war crime. Like, bombs yeah. are acceptable on a column of tanks, or if you want to blow up a bridge, you know, or a railroad, that's fine. But the minute you start bombing anywhere near where people live or work, that's a war crime because you're not targeting. You are indiscriminately killing, and that's against the rules of war. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, if people want to go and look, I mean... It is an unbelievable mess yeah. where people live everything else. It's, it is, um, I don't, I mean, I swear, you know, I don't know what the solution to this is. No. You know, and Israel has their bomb, their bomb shield. Yep. Right. Iron so Dome. basically, you know, I mean. Yeah. And the thing is this idea that like, they're not really that scared of the missiles Yet that they're get the rockets that are getting fired into Israel, like, well, we've got these this Iron Dome, so we don't have to be afraid of the missiles. Then why do you react to the missiles by pounding these people into the ground? If you're well, not, not only that, here, three hundred and eighty failed launches fell in Gaza. Oh. In other words, Hamas bombs failed, itself more bombed itself. Three hundred and eighty yeah. failed launches. Oh, that's terrifying. Apparently, about a thousand rockets, I guess, would have gotten through because they intercepted a thousand rockets, supposedly. Yeah. Wow. You know, but they fall. They why they struck. You know, a civilian tower. Yeah, it's insane to me. They knocked over a building. Yeah. Yes, I know Al Jazeera was in that building, but Al Jazeera is a news organization, exactly. like a news not organization. a Hamas. Not Affiliate. a. They're not building bombs for Hamas in no. that building. It's it's just obscene. I uh, uh, watching it. There is no excuse for this, and I am glad that this time so many people are speaking up about it. Well, I mean, so the long, thing is, so is that I haven't spoken up about this stuff. Well, I've Please. just gotten to. You know, I mean, so what? Netanyahu thinks that this is going to get him into power again? I know. Well, that's, I mean, honestly, I hate to be so cynical about this, but it feels like he's doing this because he's under, you know, indictment for uh, corruption. He's under indictment for corruption. He also can't put together, nobody seems to be able to put together a government I know. in Israel. It is bizarro world there now. Yep. You know, um, it's, you know, I mean, they bombed, bombed houses. And I mean, this is just the end of Ramadan. Yep. I just, you know, and the question is whether the Israeli troops are actually going to, they are, are they going to send land forces in? Oh, my God. If they actually invade. Oh, well, it wouldn't be the first time. 
No, no, it wouldn't. But like, it's the 21st century. It's 2021. You know, you have all of this money. There is a way to figure this out that doesn't involve people getting killed. And when you got a, you know, a comparatively rich com- uh, country with a massive air force and a massive army deciding we're going to blow the hell out of our dirt poor colony that's right on our borders. It does like, how do they not see how terrible the optics of this are? Well, technically, if I was to, if I was to say they don't care. Yeah, no, you're right. They don't care. Um, it's, it's like, the, now, it's like is the, it going it's like to the stuff the Turkey is doing to the Kurds? They're like, they're betting. They personally don't care. And they're betting that the international community doesn't care enough that it's going to cause them problems long term. Well, what what bothers me that, I mean, the, the whole beginning of this, too. I mean, why are the Israelis banning Palestinian families in East Jerusalem? It's insane. I, it's, it's, that's an insanity. There's absolutely nothing wrong. I have my lamp up from, yeah. from you know, it, it, it's, it, it's this, oh, I, I can't even, look, I know the Holocaust was bad. Not only was the Holocaust bad, one of the okay. things I care most about is the 2,000 year, you know, I mean, modern history we can even go back to the pharaohs if you want, but the 2,000-year modern history of Jewish persecution is something I care deeply about, and the Holocaust was as bad and the worse than ever. Epigee, the epigee of that yes, is absolutely. what it was. I it mean, was. that was just, I mean, and as you well understand, I do, without, without Christianity, you don't have anti-Semitism because God only knows this whole business about Moses and slaves in Egypt. The Egyptians didn't even have slaves. You know, I mean, people moved around. That whole is just a, it's a myth. uh, Egypt had, um, Egypt had slaves to the extent that serfs and peons were slaves. And there is an extent to which you could call a serf a slave because they didn't have, a lot of them didn't have freedom of movement. And a lot of them didn't have any, you know, legal right to anything they quote unquote own. And so, like, under well, a feudal system. Well, yeah, but it system, was an entirely. I know, but that's my saying. Under a feudal system, there's stuff that we would call slavery, but it's an entirely different system of government. And yes, a system of organizing society. So it's. Un- it's uncomfortable to call them slaves the way we think of the slave trade. And no, and it's, well, it's not even the way you think of the slave, the slave trade. I mean, these people worked, yes, it was their rationings, but yeah. they worked for a living. Yep. And yes, they built things and they were paid exactly. mostly in food and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's how everything works. And, and when things got bad, they would go on strike yeah you know and just say well we're not working until we get our money or we need more (laughs) we need more food actually records of like people going on strike during the construction of pyramids there are actual existing records of this yeah that the work's on strike okay well let's give them more food they can get back to work making this ridiculous pyramid Mm -hmm. for no reason yeah, but they, you know, they, they would just have what we call what we used to call a sit down strike. Well, yeah. yeah, we're not going to work today. Yep. 
And what are the, yeah. you know, what are the hundred overseers going to do about the 10,000 guys who don't show up to work one day? There's nothing you can do about that. Because, and this is what the people with money desperately want you to forget. Workers have all the power. Because if you don't go to work, they don't have a job. That's, they can't, you know, I mean, and that's, that's, that's the surprise. Anyway, yeah. ne- we, we won't go too far because down, down that particular road, but this is a mess. No, it is And a mess. this is and, a yeah. mess. And you are seeing these, you are seeing now Jews who are, you know. Jews all over the world who don't live in Israel are objecting to this. Jews, well, it's not Jews in not Israel who are objecting to this. I'm just saying it's kind of funny that America, where the second most Jews in the world live, a huge majority of those Jews are completely against what Israel is doing to the point where Israel is like, maybe we're going to stop talking to the American Jewish community and focus all of our energy on crazy Christians. That's well, what's some. happening right now. Well, some, yes. Yeah. But what's happening in Israel is... Um, this is ridiculous. Oh, Find a friggin' solution and just stop this. Yeah. I it mean, and you have to, and you have to get these other Arab countries to, to stop supporting and start. Yeah. They, there are so many rich countries around there. Mm-hmm. I, it, it was always my, my big thing, you know, yeah. um, instead of focusing your hatred on, on on Israel, yeah. why don't you just push? Yeah, make make those borders work, and then build up a viable society in Palestine. Yeah, just the Palestinian money area. into Palestine to, you know, get let's if the people far away aren't going to help, let the people who are close help. Let's get Palestine money, get them healthcare, get them educational facilities. As they start businesses, you know, provide funding for that. Like, do all of the economic work that Israel should frigging be doing, but isn't. And yeah, what they're doing is just stealing out. more and more of the land. land exactly. No. You know, I mean, and that's, that Jimmy is, Carter's that is right. The case. They should have had their own country 40 years ago. Yeah. That's what he wanted when he was president. Yep. And, you know, it's one of the many, and it's what he's kept fighting for for the next 40 years. But uh, that's the thing. That's why he didn't get to keep being president, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. And then stupid Jared Kushner. We've yeah. got a peace, police, peace plan it's here now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is where it led, honey. I know. It's, it's obscene. But that these people ever, it's obscene that these people ever got anywhere near the Oval Office, but it's like, and, this, this right now, what we're watching, what's happening to Palestine, is the result of four years of an American presidency saying to Israel, do whatever you want, mm-hmm. and we'll support you 100%. I mean, I wish I would see Joe Biden speaking out against uh, this action by Israel. You don't have to speak out against Israel. You don't have to speak out against the government of Israel. Just start angrily, like because I know politically that's difficult for him. But it's like, speak out against the action, at least. You're dropping bombs on civilian targets. You can speak out. They're dropping bombs on civilian targets. You can speak out about that. No one's going to say you're anti-Semitic for being against mass murder. Ugh. Well, they have sent their Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for Israel and Palestinian Affairs, right. Haiti Amr, to Israel on Friday. Okay. 
So. The U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem said in a post on Twitter that Amir's trip would reinforce the need to work toward a sustainable calm, recognizing Israel's right to self-defense. Israelis and Palestinians deserve equal measures of freedom, security, dignity, and pro prosperity. Well, excuse me, that's not quite good enough. Oh. Um, would you like to, before you continue, do you want to hear a thing that they could do that would be good enough? Uh, move the embassy back to Tel Aviv yeah. where it belongs. Yeah, well, yes, I was just, I was actually going to bring okay. that up. Yeah. Why well, go to the embassy. And now she has to drive, how many hours is it to go and have meetings? Like, how much of a schlep is it to go from Jerusalem to where she's actually going to have to have meetings in Tel Aviv? Well, uh, it's not that far. No, no, of course. No thing that You can walk Israel. bloody Israel. It's just... <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, I no, mean, I'm just saying it's like with traffic, with a war going on, it's a commute is my point. Yes. Well, and it's stupid that the embassy should be moved back to Tel Aviv. I'm yeah. in mean, full agreement. I was opposed to it going to Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Trump, and, Trump and, and his, oh, his crazy right wing Christians. Well, and what I always say is it's like an embassy is not there to make political points back home. It's there to do political work with that country. And the political work in that country is not happening in Jerusalem. And, um, but efforts at international diplomacy so far have stalled. A UN Security Council meeting on violence will take place Sunday morning. The U.S. blocked previous Security Council efforts to meet, oh preferring God. direct diplomacy on the conflict rather than discussion in an international forum. Excuse me. Oh. So that tells you, I mean, it, it's... That that and, fills me full of fear. Well, as long as the U.S. and as long as the U.S. is still providing as much money and military, military assistance, yeah, yeah, this isn't going to get better. This isn't going to get better. No, you got to cut and, these people off. Well, yeah, you've just got to say no more. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But they're still in that mode of um, nine eleven. Yeah, no, you're right about that. I mean, nine eleven did did wonders for Israel. God, did it ever? Because America, anyway, still, like yeah, no, because they could say America, we're your ally in the Middle East. So you know, we're your ally in the Middle East. We'll do all your spying for you. We'll do all your, you know, we'll do all the the rough dirty stuff work for you here in the Middle yeah. East, and you just give us whatever you want. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, nine eleven, it was huge for the right wing in America, and it was just as huge for the right wing in Israel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, it's about optics. And it's this, I mean, where is, I mean, where is it going again? I mean, th these people were at least halfway reasonable in comparison. Oh, God. Um, and I mean, they, they, there were reasons before. Yeah. The problem is, is that the Israelis can just walk in and take over all of Palestine. Yeah. Without any. And then and what's going to happen? Who, who can stop them? Yeah. There's nobody Hamas. in a position to stop them. No. And so let's wait and see. I don't know how much we'll update this. This is this. We'll see what happens next week. Yeah. Another horrifying development, as I used to say about Ireland. I used yeah. to say about the Middle East. You know, just stick a dome over it and let them fight it out. <laughs> but um, it, it, that's you know, I mean, that's I when I at my most cynical. At your most cynical and bleak and wry. That is what you said. Yes. But obviously, we don't mean that. 
no, we don't want that to happen. But it is, I mean, this is, you are, anyway. It's tough. It's You've really got all tough. this power and you can't, you, I mean, well, I could give you a whole stack. There is a whole stack of reading everybody could do on sort of an internal attitude, etc. But it wasn't there, like, it wasn't even that bad when I was there. Um, back in the 90s. Back in the 90s, right? Yeah. And, and this is just getting worse and worse. And it's, it's again, it's the crazy right wing. Oh, yeah. It's the crazy right wing, always. They're all for bombing and blowing and fighting and having wars. And it's the same thing, you know. Yeah, bring them back from Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. But so where are you going to deploy your troops next? I know. Africa? I mean, I know it's t too cynical, but it's like, uh, how, how do I put this? The The right wing always acts like people who know they're wrong. Like, they're fighting so hard so you won't notice that they're wrong about everything yeah so anyway um and yeah. uh and and oh oh however in canada just to bring canada they've been talking about um these these no mask rallies right and they've actually people have been putting out warnings do you understand that you're mixing with these far right groups yeah you know, these people who hate blacks and these people who hate Asians. Yeah. And that's the people you're mixing with when you go. And are you sure you want to be associated with them? Yeah. Because. Look at the people <laughs> surrounding you. And, yes. um, well, the funny part was I was, uh, this is something I had to, uh, that kind of came across. I remember one time, uh, one of the people who shows up to my hidden object guru streams, you know, asked me, cause you know, there's, I play video games. So kids do show up. Yeah. Uh, I, I encourage kids to not show up because I play violent video games, but it does happen. And somebody asked me on the stream, well, what's wrong with a White Lives Matter rally? And I'm like, I don't have time to explain it to you because uh, I'm, you know, I'm playing Bloodborne here. So I don't have time to, like, go into the details of everything that's wrong with a White Lives Matter or a Blue Lives Matter rally. But I just want you to look at the people who are supporting it. And ask if those are the kind of people you want to be associated with. And work backwards from the people who are saying this is a great idea. And then start interrogating, okay, why are all of their ideas bad? Like, yeah. Work backwards from that. Like, start with, wow, the most trash people in the world are in favor of this. I wonder why. And then it's like, oh, because the whole thing's a terrible idea. Because the whole yeah, thing it's... is racist and about supporting oppression. You know? Yeah. And that's that's all it is. All I it mean, is. yeah, it's it's very frustrating to yeah, have to explain trying, to people. I'm trying to explain colonialism. I know, right? You know, it's not like it doesn't still go on, and it's not like it's right in other countries when when they oh, never mind. Okay. It's, and I mean, and the whole thing that China is doing to Hong Kong, yeah. and what they're oh. trying to do to Taiwan. Hmm. I mean, that's wrong too. Yep, it's disgusting. And and that could be the next. I mean, this is, you know, this is pushing. Well, this is going to push America's resolve. It is. And, it's, well, and it's going to test America's resolve. It's going to test America's resolve. Yeah, it is. Taiwan, 
they nobody could do anything about really that was the problem with Hong Kong mm-hmm. because it was a 100 year lease issue. Yeah. Right. And the contract was finished and China said, OK, it's back to us. And oh, yeah, the, here it is. You know, yeah. here's England your treaty. Would have had to fight a war to keep them. But, you know, like it would have it would have been a mess. Yeah, well, yeah, and it was a treaty, and so you have to honor your treaties, right? Yeah. And they, you know, so they had a 100-year lease on Hong Kong. And the problem was, of course, the Hong Kong people... Didn't really want to go back to being part of China. No. (laughs) Why would they? Yeah, they were five (laughs) generations away from being China, and China had turned real hard to an authoritarian dictatorship in those five generations. Yeah, who would voluntarily want to become a part of China? Yeah, and so they didn't. But so that's a problem. But Taiwan is an entirely different situation. Taiwan's the real China. And honestly, I wish I wish that Taiwan had made the really persuasive argument, legal argument, that they are the ones who owned, uh, that they're the ones who owned. uh, Hong Kong, because they can make that argument, because the con the government that signed the contract with the UK is the same government that's running Taiwan. The government that's running China now is an entirely new government created in the Cultural Revolution that that lacks governmental continuity. The government of Taiwan has governmental operating continuity going back literally thousands of years, whereas the Cultural Revolution and the modern China has only been since the 30s. Yeah. But... I know, I know. You're not in a position to... They weren't in a position to make that argument. I just think it would have been great if they had. Well, it would have been an interesting argument to make, but it would have still ended up with this same problem, right? absolutely. Of China then pulling out the heavy guns and putting the pressure on you know, and Hong Hong Kong. I mean, did they did, ultimately do the Taiwanese really want to take over Hong Kong? Right. Yeah. No. And I don't think anybody really thought that it was going to get as bad as it was. No. I, I think there were people who somehow or another thought, because China sort of said, "Well, we'll leave them alone." It'll be nice. Yeah. It'll right. Have, it'll yeah. be two so- kinds of government in one country, and they will have their own ability to govern themselves and it'll be blah 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 like you were really gonna believe that one and then you know they waited until they got their new mao which is chairman um g uh i know he doesn't call himself chairman g but come on we all know what he's doing (laughs) we all know what the man's doing Uh, well it's a one-party system it is It's, it's like Mexico system. was for a long time. Absolutely. But the what Mexico did uh, with to, you know, keep the one party system from becoming a monstrous dictatorship was, and this is still true in Mexico to this day, you can only be president for one five year term. That's it. Yeah. And that's how they solved it. And that's how China solved it, too, until this idiot decides that he wants to be the dictator for life. Yeah. And now, as they say, it passed what? In the uh, in their House of Parliament, the Dictator for Life Act passed like five hundred to uh, four hundred and ninety eight to two or something like that. <laughs> so yeah, that's a bad sign. Yeah. Anyway, you know, so um, anyway, yeah, there's there's a lot of rough stuff going on. Um, Israel's 
horrible to Palestine. China's horrible to Hong Kong. Let's let's find something cheery to talk about. Okay. I so, understand we were... you uh, you watched a TV show? Yes, I watched a TV show. Well, <laughs> I, I really wonder if it's always been an online streaming show. Okay. It must have started in New Zealand. It's, it's the New Zealand... Um, it's called the Broken Broken Wood Mysteries. Right. So it there are seven seasons up on Acorn. So if you have a Prime Video membership, membership, you, can you have access it. Yeah, that. you access it because you have access to Acorn. Yeah, yeah. And fully, and um, so it is. I watched. I have watched over the last month all seven seasons. And it is, what what did I call it? It was a mixture of, they call it, um, oh, come on, what, what's the one in, in England? Midsummer, Which, Midsummer Murders. Murders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Midsummer Murders. And? Uh, it's sort of a mix of that and Death in Paradise. Oh, I know I that we have some people who have watched Death in Paradise. Oh, yeah. That's a fun show. Um, that's a fun show. This one is... Um, uh, it's in some ways a lot more fun than than Midsummer <laughs> Murders. Yeah. Well, no, it 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 is. Yeah. I and I was trying to think what the thing that caught me when I started to watch it. I was going to watch one episode or two episodes, see if I liked it. Well, the music is out of this world. Um, you can, of course, download the music um, from each season. Oh, nice. But most of the music, because the lead detective in this show um, loves country music. Oh. Okay. So, but you don't get an awful lot of um, standards. Like, I okay. think I've heard maybe a few minutes of Patsy Cline is about it because, um, is it? Uh, I assume it's an expense issue. No, well, no, no. That's the, no. What they did was no, and I think that this is, is this is the beauty of Broken Wood and what makes it so different is you have access to a different kind of music, a How different. Do you mean? Country music. It's country music, but it's all been written for the show. Oh, it's new country music. That's interesting. But some of it is 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 very much like I. You can see the influence of Nashville, right? And the funny the funny thing is, is one of the they have their own, um, I guess, recording label. Wow. Studio for all of this. Oh, I can't remember what it's called right now. And one of the lead female singers who, who you hear, like you never see these people. The you singer. never see who's singing the music or anything right. else. But I keep checking the music because so much of it is so good. Right. And, um. You want to know where you can get that. At. She, she was originally Canadian. I think her name is Tammy Nelson. Oh, neat. But anyway, she was part of something, an Ontario group called the Nelson family. Oh. And she she was eventually went to Australia, I mean New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, there's the the accent always, but it is different, and you can see that um, it is just different across the board. Hmm. Um, and I watch the culture, and you've got your Maoris, 
much yeah. more in evident there. Um, and um, yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, it has the. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it has it has the Midsummer Murders style. Mm-hmm. In that sense, it's much more like Midsummer Murders than the other. They're an hour and a half long each oh, okay. show. Yeah, so each one's a full mini movie. Yeah, so there's four 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 mini movies a um, per year. Cycle. You get to see it is the most beautifully shot show. Well, again, as I always say, oh. uh, the filming in New Zealand is like a cheat code for being a cinematographer. You can't oh. help but always film the most beautiful thing anyone's ever seen. Just by it, virtue of being in New Zealand. Yeah, you know, and I can still remember. Mind you, some of this little cities, because we went to New Zealand once. Yeah. And um, when we were living in Australia. Right. And drove around New Zealand and sort of the hills and the things. And um, you've got the South Island and the North Island and mm-hmm. um, or the northern part, the southern part, you know, and all these houses and I'm going, well, there hasn't been, yes, there are some new, but you know, a lot of it looks very similar to these small single house units. Yeah. It's not big. Um, and of course it's set in this town called broken wood. Of course. But as, as I was saying before we started this show, I mean, even there, they went to the prison. Yeah. And, and, um, they had, it was a women's prison that was in broken wood and it was private Ugh. and it was just like oh my Even there they have to deal with this yeah. this these issues right it was a private prison and this the woman who was the warden you right. know and they didn't have they didn't have any ctv cameras inside CCTV, the prison of course because because even though the guards wanted them um the, the, you know, the company would never put up the money. Um, oh my there was, God. So, you know, yeah, exactly like that episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah. Well, she was worried. She says, well, you know, we're not worried so much about what goes on inside. It's, it, it's, it's, we don't want people to escape out. We're not worried about what they're know? doing while they're here. I'm like, oh God. Yeah. You're well, fools. and it's very, and they have this one woman. She's, she's probably in her seventies. And she's, she's, she it shows up all the time, this, this older woman, because, well, she makes the best cheese rolls. Right. And she makes other things. And she's always somehow or another involved in a sewing circle. And of <laughs> course, she goes to the prison and she said, well, you know, she said, we did have the sewing circle for a while, but it in the prison and the girls really enjoyed it. But she said, but it was a problem because, they started, they would steal the needles so they could tattoo Jesus. themselves. So that had to stop. And then we went with the knitting ones. Oh, we no. had the knitting group. And then that had to stop after, because it was, it was just wonderful and everything worked well. Right. And the running joke is the one woman, like there's, there's two guys, yeah. like there's the guy who's the detective. Right. And then there's the woman who's second. So she gets to take over. Uh, when he has other things to do. Right. Um, and then there's the other guy. So those are the three key people. And then this woman who is pretty standard. And, you know, they've got one guy who's called Frodo. Oh. Simply because, you know, his name. So he's, 
Yeah. He's always there with a new business, but the running joke is that the woman can't make coffee worth a damn. Aww. Nobody can stand her coffee. So much so that the woman who, you know, this older woman who was being interviewed at one point and she drinks the coffee and she says to the girl, you know, the woman, she, she, you know, she says, you haven't frothed this, have you? What? <laughs> frothed it. Well, uh, they're, they're all using plungers, right? Oh, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, French presses. French French presses, yeah. right? She makes coffee with French presses. Well, you haven't frothed it, have you? <laughs> well, this is, well, and then she goes out and she shows her how to make a decent cup of coffee, which, of course, she says, oh, this tastes really good, and then continues to make bad coffee. Because... Right? She just doesn't want to take that extra little the extra moment. little time. And like, again, there's that's a all good, these that's a good reveal about how the character values things. Like that's yeah. smart that's just smart writing. The whole thing is well written. Yeah. Um, there are actually like sometimes you can figure out who it probably is. Yeah. But other times it's a solid the, mystery. It's a solid mystery. Yeah. And it's thoroughly enjoyable. I mean, these characters and it has some there's always this, the last one, I guess, in the season was this woman who had been in witness protection Ooh. and was going to be in witness protection forever. And basically, this detective um, took a whole day off, took a whole few days off um, when there was something going on in Brook Brokenwood because the woman was now dying and she had her children. Oh. And... And she wanted to get in contact with her parents, right? Because she's dying, and yeah, because she's sense. dying, and yeah. and of course she's not allowed. Yeah. And so you see the process that he has to go through to kind of Aww. get it. So that's that. an obvious story that I haven't really seen before in stories about the uh, witness protection program. So way to go, guys! Yeah, I mean there was there was so much, right? And he mm -hmm. cares so much about this woman. Um. And it's just, he's, you know, so much so that, I mean, the children are comfortable with him as well. And, um, but yeah, she had cancer, she was dying and Ooh. he just dropped everything, dropped everything and just told him, I'm busy <laughs> and took off. Huh. Um, there are different stories. There are wine stories. There are a couple that, that I'm going, yeah, you know, this is the New Zealand take of a different type of story, but it's always very different. Um, it, it is, it is so, um, yeah, at times it's unpredictable The the stories, well, partly because it's in New Zealand. Yeah. So there are some norms, as I said, there are things I've learned just like when I was watching Korean. You learn stuff about their cultural, TV. uh, yeah. Cultural norms. Just and, by watching and, the show. Yeah. Yeah. When you start watching the show. Right. And you know, it's, it is the same. It's what I used to say about when we moved to Australia. Nobody debriefs you before, or briefs you before you go to Australia because it's a Commonwealth country. Yeah. And well, you know, and it's just like when I needed this, this medical stuff. No, no, no. You don't get your medical trip back home. Australia's got a perfectly good <laughs> medical system. Well, yeah. Well, it didn't find the problem, did it? <laughs> you know, yeah. and I had to come back to Canada to find a, the solution to the problem yeah you know kids and all and so we had to use our vacation money <laughs> our vacation trip 
right? Yeah. You're allowed so many every three years or something. You were allowed to. By the way, this is not a this is not a complete indictment of uh, the hospitals and doctors in Australia. We're sure oh. that they've gotten better since. Well, it's not just that. There were certain assumptions. I had no problem having a baby in Australia. That yeah. was much better. That was a much better system and experience than the first one. Um, I would say that the pre-education, like the system, the very fact that you had somebody from public health show up at your door to within 48 hours of your getting home, putting you in touch with other women who had children the same age as your children, because I was new to the country. That's kind of Um, amazing that they would. No, it was. And, and, and I had an appointment once, well, in the yeah, once a week to go in to have the baby checked, to talk about any problems I had. This was all in Melbourne. Wow. Um, well, it was in, well, where was I living? In Lower Templestowe, right? But it's all part of the same system. Right. It was all of that. And then the, the kinder, the, like the preschools, all worked very well. All these children went We had and we had these playgroups and you got to make friends at the same time. That's as really awesome. And all these children, you know, like these. So I was in contact with. One, it's just two, so nice three. to hear that a government is like caring. Yeah, like saying yes. Socialization of children is an important part as well. Yeah. And so they were there to keep track. Now I don't know what it's like now. That was the seventies, right? Um, because ridiculous right-wing governments took over the world starting in the eighties. So I'm sure most of that doesn't happen anymore. But it's nice to hear about this utopian past where. The government, yeah. you know, with, for having a kid would send you a check for a couple of grand every year to help cover the kids' stuff because the government understands that it's kind of important to keep having kids if you want to keep having a country. And then well, you look yes. by comparison America now, literally an entire generation of people are holding off having kids, in, you know, indefinitely because none of them have a dime and it costs $60,000 to have a kid in America. Yeah, and 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 don't even want to talk about some of the other things. No, this was it was it was from that perspective it was very good. Now, mind you, it was one of the most patriarchal countries <laughs> I've ever been in and white. And you went to France. Yes. And it was white, incredibly white. Australia. I mean, oh, they yeah. still had their quote unquote unwritten whites only policy. Oh, of course. When we were there, I mean that was that God was its own problem. A Thai person, you know, half of Australia goes to Thailand on vacation. God forbid it's a person from Thailand tries to move to Australia. Well, yeah, I mean that's that that's why my child that was born there could never claim Australian citizenship yeah. because we were diplomats, and no diplomat, no child born of diplomats could ever oh. assert Australian citizenship, right? So it was like, oh my God. unlike. In other countries, yeah, where other countries if you're born where if you're there, it counts. Not only does it count, but I mean, we were told, well, you're not going to want to go to places like Hungary and stuff, right? <laughs> um, you know, because your child could then be at 18. Yeah. In, uh, at the time. Could dem- they could demand that your child show Military up service. And do their year of military service. Right. Because they were born there and yeah. therefore they were citizens. It wasn't just Hungary. It was all sorts of other places. Yeah. France was the same way. Fascinating. If a child was born in France, they would become French citizens. Um, that really is amazing. Wow. 
anyway, but, uh, we'll, we'll so this is a fun. Show. It's a fun show. Everyone should watch it. How many seasons did you say there were so far? There are seven seasons. So okay. that would be what? 28 shows. Yeah. Hour, hour and a half. And they're, they are definitely a really good watch. Okay. I, I don't think that there was one of them. You didn't have a good time. That I didn't have a good time watching. Nice. And when they came up with dissolutions, and sometimes they came up, and I mean, it is pretty standard, you know. Yeah. I mean, the detective eventually, all of a sudden, all of the pieces come together in his head. We've all seen detective shows. We all know the yeah. formula. We all know the. Yeah, truth. and it's there. And it's then a, it, but it was really funny because when he was off taking care of the woman who had been in witness protection. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. The woman, the woman, I can't even remember her name right now, um, took over, right? And she started to, with unconsciously started to emulate some of his behaviors. Yes, all the stuff. Because she was in charge, right? Oh, that's beautiful. And they were laughing about this, right? Of course. That's hilarious. Um, Yeah. So it, it is a good show. It's a good watch. And the music. There are a couple of years where the music isn't, a couple of shows where the music isn't as good, but for the most part, the music is the thing that you love virtually sells the show. Yeah. yeah. I get it. In a way that no other show, I no other show has ever done it. We've, we've talked about music on Criminal Minds sometimes. Oh yeah. And sometimes they pick good ones, but sometimes you're going, what, what you does thinking? that have to do with anything? Yep. What were you thinking? Whereas this show it's always on, it's almost as if people have written songs for specifically for it specifically for the show nice. yeah all right so i'm going to make a recommendation as well mine uh, is not as elaborate it's not a tv show i watched two movies i was very sick so i'm like time to watch movies from my youth uh, cuz that's a way to be uh, relaxed and come come for yourself that and a little thing called mashed potatoes uh so <laughs> But anyway, uh, I watched Terminator 2. I'm not going to recommend Terminator 2. Everybody knows about Terminator 2. It's maybe the best action movie ever made. Uh, Sorry, hard-boiled, but Terminator 2. Uh, But in addition to that, I watched a little something called, and see if you remember this, FX and FX2. I don't know if you remember this, but it was a very short-lived movie series uh, that starred Brian Brown and Brian Dennehy. And Brian Brown, the Australian actor, plays a special effects technician for movies who, in the first one, gets asked by the uh, police to fake the death of Jerry Orbach, who's playing a monster who's going, mobster who's going to the witness protection program. And, of course, you know, a conspiracy happens. And it's all very entertaining, very, like, it's a very fun movie, very interesting, very dramatic, uh, and just, like, a good mystery and a good thriller. And then there was FX2, The Deadly Art of Illusion, which is just about the same characters picking up the story, like, three years later, them getting into another mess. And it is equally good, if not better. So it's just a really, really solid series of movies. Uh, Fun for the whole family. Well, okay, they're pretty violent. But pretty much anybody can watch these movies. I watched them when I was very young and had no problems at all. I think they were both rated PG or PG-13. And you know what? I just really want to recommend them because if you haven't seen the FX movies, I think you're really going to enjoy yourself. It's a nice 
surprise. I didn't think that, you know, I had no expectation they would hold up, but they're both very good. Uh, I only watched it because I failed to find a copy of Best Seller anywhere. I was very desperate to rewatch Best Seller. I don't know if you remember that one. It was another Brian Dennehy movie. Uh, but <laughs> So I watched this instead, and I'm just like, yeah, this is a really solid franchise, and I'm glad they made two of them. And I found out two interesting things about it, uh, which is, one, they were produced by Dodie Fayette. Oh, Diana's. Yes, her boyfriend. Yeah. From the car crash. Yes, these are like the two famous movies he produced. I had no idea. I'm watching the opening credits and uh, there's his name. And I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, and in another thing that was I thought was very interesting. So I'm watching this. I'm watching the opening of the second movie. And what the franchise does is in both movies, they will open the movie with a scene from a different movie that's being made to, you know, show how special effects work. That's the whole point yeah. of the franchise. And so in the first movie, there's a, a gangster movie and a guy comes up and shoots up the place and, you you know, all the explosions and all the bullet squids and blah, 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 blah. In the second movie, a, a cyborg in a dress is walking around and wrecking up a city and then he gets his arm shot off and the arm turns into a rocket launcher and he blows up a cop car. And I'm like, this is a very fun scene. So I'm watching the end credits and I notice in the end credits that it says that the cyborg was played by James Stacy. I'm like, James Stacy from that one wise guy arc? Like the the hot young guy actor from the nineteen sixties who's that who then lost his arm and leg in a motorcycle accident? And it's like, yes, he played randomly in his second last job ever, he played a cyborg at the start of <laughs> FX2. <laughs> Because he's an actor who didn't have an arm and a leg, so you can blow his arm off live on camera <laughs> without using CG. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was a lot of fun. And fun fact, uh, in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that's who um, Timothy Oliphant is playing. Ha! Huh. Yeah, because it's about uh, the the movie centers around the shooting of a pilot of the TV show that he was the star of. Right. But anyway, it's it's a very worthwhile movie. But anyway, so yeah, FX and FX2, The Deadly Art of Illusion, I would really, like, suggest you check these movies out if you've never seen them. Or if you haven't seen them in a long time, uh, consider watching them again. They're just, I mean, it is 80s, so it doesn't look like a modern movie, and a lot of the, uh, the effects are like, great, because it was a movie about special effects, so of course they're gonna be good. But, you know, it doesn't have, like, giant action the way you expect from movies these days. But it's just really good thriller. Lots of good action in it. There's a whole, there's a couple of car chases in the first one that are really fantastic. And it was back when, like, you could actually close down huge sections of New York to do car chases that they can't really do anymore. So, like, you just got people, gro like, driving right alongside the river. Oh, sorry, the canal. Like, just they took over a highway in the middle of the afternoon to shoot a car chase for this small-budget action movie. It's... The 80s were an amazing time to be making movies. <laughs> they really were. All right, so um, that's that. That's my recommendation. We're going to see you back here on Tuesday for more Prodigal Son. Oh. On Thursday for... What episode are we up to? Uh, we're starting... I think now we're starting... Um... The second one of season 15? the first or the sec second one of season fifteen, maybe. Okay. 
So we're closing um, up uh, okay. criminal minds there. But it, it, one one question. Oh please. Um, uh, where can you catch FX? Oh, I'm sorry, I should have said that. It's all on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah, it's all on Amazon Prime. So, uh, so we're Amazon priming it this week. Yes, we are. Uh, we all think Jeff Bezos is a scumbag, and we all <laughs> think uh, Amazon should be nationalized, okay, and broken up into different companies. We'll talk another week about the unbelievably scummy stuff uh, Amazon does to it, the people who sell on Amazon. Let's just say that um, owning the means of production and distribution by guarantee, like guarantees that you're going to be a terrible person. Uh, but anyway, oh, we won't, we won't, we won't talk. Yes. That's not a conversation we're going to have today, but there's no. that conversation's coming. That, that's a long conversation. Really so we'll is. talk later. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, check those out on Amazon prime. I know it sucks to support Amazon, but in this day and age, there's really not a ton of other ways to watch these movies. Maybe rent them on Netflix. That's up to you. Uh, not Netflix. Maybe rent them on YouTube. That's up to you. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see you back this week for sorry prodigal son on tuesday criminal minds on thursday and hey maybe next sunday we'll be back again hopefully with good news we could delve into the fact that you know uh maybe that matt gates creep is going to jail oh well wouldn't that be interesting well no just on friday his uh, business yes. partner and procurer took a plea deal and i'm like yep considering the evidence on him there's no reason to give him a plea deal unless he uh turns in people bigger than himself yes and uh you know We'll see what happens there. Yep. Because he's the he's the scumbag procurer for all the rich people. He's not a rich guy himself. So, uh, yeah, it should be interesting. We'll see. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you have, um, sorry, any, uh, if also in addition to questions or comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you think we should check out, absolutely do it there. We are going. If you're listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, please rate and review it. That's how people find the show. We will see you back here very soon. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.